Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash I do. That's ro.co slash I D O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real. Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do for an exclusive 35% off because every mom deserves a good night's sleep. And with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. What's up, podcast listeners? Hi, guys. Welcome to I Do Podcast, where we interview the world's leading relationship, marriage, dating, and self-help experts. 
Whether you're dating, single, married, or struggling in a relationship, we're here to help give you the tools to succeed. And on today's show, we welcome Dr. Suzanne Deggs White. And Suzanne is a professor and chair of the Department of Counseling, Adult and Higher Education at Northern Illinois University. And she is also an author and feature blogger at Psychology Today. And on today's episode, we talk about creating a unique identity as a couple and why it's important to create and work on creating a unique identity, but why it's also critical that you don't lose yourself in the identity of the relationship. So in a relationship, we have two people coming together. Each of those is an individual. And then we have this third entity and that's the relationship. And it is almost, it is what happens when two people come together and you, you come together bringing your own background, but then once you're together, you are creating something new and that's the relationship. And that relationship has an identity. So working on that identity, establishing what it is, doing different things to, to establish it is critical. And then at the same time, not getting lost in it, in your own identity that, that is maybe left behind sometimes. So Suzanne gives us a lot of great tips on how to do that in today's episode. And as always, we appreciate you guys so much for listening. You can subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review that helps so much. And we are just continuing to grow. Uh, just the other day, we had another record download day for the podcast. We are number one in marriage and dating advice on iTunes. So that's super exciting. It's just really great to know that we are making a real change in our listeners' lives. And it's not really hard work from us. We are just here, the intermediaries bringing you the information because we are working on our marriage just as much as any of you out there that are working on your marriage, your dating, or if you're single, working on yourselves. We are just here interviewing the experts, bringing you guys the information because at the end of the day, the relationships in our lives are the most important things, you know, and so you want to go in with these tools, with the information to make yourself better, to make your relationships better because in the end of the day, it's going to make you happier and just have a better experience. So thanks for listening. Enjoy today's episode. Support for I Do Podcast comes from Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. Join over 500,000 people who have used Talkspace for online therapy with their licensed therapist. Get $30 off your first month by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's one word, I-D-O. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Hi, Suzanne. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So, Suzanne, we've given our listeners a little information, a little background. Why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Sure. Okay. Um, I'm Suzanne Diggs-White, and 
when I all through life, what I wanted to do with my career was become a counselor. It took me several years after graduation from college to find my way down to graduate school. And once I got into the helping field, I realized that the passion I had um, for helping others had found a home. I, being able to help people deal with relationships really means a lot to me because relationships really are um, probably the institution that gives most of our lives the most meaning. Humans being social creatures um, thrive when they have positive relationships around them. And when relationships aren't going well, it can take a toll on people physically, emotionally, mentally. And so being able to be in a place where I can assist people find their way into better relationships or make a relationship that's not working work better means a lot to me because I know that I'm helping them change their life for the better. We love that. And it is so true. Relationships. I mean, we are social creatures and you put Mm -hmm. us by ourselves and it is, it is not a healthy thing. We go mad. And then even when you are with others, if those relationships are not healthy, then that wears on us and that affects all aspects of our lives. And that's why we love the work that we do, that we're able to bring experts like yourself on the show to share this awesome information. And in today's episode, we're going to zero in on a subject that's pretty interesting to to Sarah and I, and, and it's about creating a unique identity as a couple. So can you talk a little bit about what you mean when the the importance of creating a unique identity and and then we'll obviously talk about how we can do that. Sure. Um, One of the important things in a relationship, I think as a marriage counselor, family counselor, couples counselor, what you realize early on, even in your early training, is that when you're sitting with more than one person in a room, you're not just working with two people. You're working with those two people and the relationship between them. And that kind of changes the dynamics of a counseling session. And then for individuals who've never thought about how what they have together is separate from themselves, it can really um, kind of do turn on that light bulb that they've got to work at the relationship as a separate entity and not just assume that um, they can fix the other partner or that if they do what the partner asks, they'll fix themselves. Because it's more about the, the relationship, the creation of that identity that needs attention more than either partner needs attention oftentimes. And this um, need to create a couple's identity, they've shown through research that it's that social nature of a relationship that really plays a role in the satisfying, um, the overall satisfaction you have with the relationship. Um, even when I think about people who I've worked with clients who have carried on long-term romances with people online where they've never met that person, but they'll talk about that person as if they're a part of their lives because in their head, they've created this relationship with an entity they may not have here in the present, but it's become a part of their the fabric of their identity. And when people focus on the idea that there's this external um I guess entity is the best word, this external identity, it helps them begin to see how or what are they bringing to that relationship. And are they bringing to that relationship um, enough to help their partner see they're invested or is there, are they upset with their partner for not bringing enough? And recognizing that one plus one doesn't equal two, one plus one equals three. So there's basically three, if you're working with a couple in counseling or if a couple's trying to figure things out, um, there's also that entity of the relationship itself. 
Yeah, it's like it's this third thing, you know, yeah. that you have your yourselves, and that's complicated enough trying to figure mm-hmm. out, <laughs> yes, you know, absolutely. Our, ourselves and and what we want in life and and all those things, and then you bring someone else into the fray that's doing that on their own, and then you bring them together, and then you have that third thing, that relationship. So, it is one of the many reasons why it takes a lot of work, and, and relationships are complicated, and and I love breaking it down this way because it's so true that you need to nurture yourselves you need to to figure things out and and get your you know be self-aware and and all of that but then there's this this the relationship the third third part of the equation that needs that attention and that requires both people to be invested in doing it so how can a an individual listening or a couple how can they work on creating a positive relationship identity one thing they need to do is find things they can do together things that may bond them maybe one likes golf and the other prefers bowling or or one likes cooking the other would prefer to be in the garden whatever it might be there needs to be something that brings them together they need to look at find the commonalities somewhere in the relationship and develop that sense of shared um, mutual interests and you don't with the relationships you don't want a couple to say oh we spend every waking minute together on the weekend we're never apart that's usually not very healthy because that tends to um lead into a t- that sense of um o- enmeshment over engagement or when your identity gets lost in your partner's identity that's not good for you either because you, when you lose yourself in a relationship you're losing sight of your yourself as a partner in the relationship so it's important though that you find some kind of activity or interest um, it's interesting they did they've done studies and the divorce rate peaks usually in January it's like people say if I can make it through the holidays then I'm gonna I'm, that's when we're gonna decide to split up we'll get through this for the kids for the family for the in-laws and they've done research and found that one thing couples can do together that's kind of interesting is is to choose a television show and binge watch which I thought was fascinating and what you're doing when you're binge watching or when you're involved in something you're 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 creating this whole other world where you as a couple are kind of at the beginning and starting out together so whether you decide to binge watch I don't know Game of Thrones House of Cards whatever it might be or if you both decide to take up a new activity and kind of learn together and show up somewhere together and the more time you spend as a couple engaging in activities beyond just what you know being in the home or being kind of isolated the more the stronger your identity as a couple will become because it's all of us want to have a sense of belonging and we want to say, you know, we did this, or, or my husband and I did this, or whatever, my wife and I did this, my partner and I. And what's important is that you have these things that you're actually doing together, because active engagement with your partner in activities is healthy, very healthy for couples, because you're building this sense of active involvement in the world around you. You're not just passive, waiting for the love to start. You're out involved creating energy and creating that relationship and that identity when you show up together. So it's, you know, it's showing up and it's being there for each other. And when someone or a couple chooses a new activity, does it have to be, would you recommend that it's a new activity that neither of them have tried before so that it's new? 
Well, the nice thing is when it's new for both of you, you're both at the same place starting out. Um, but if one person's got experience, I think about if someone's raised a child before and someone hasn't raised a child before, I'm sure that both of you, if this was your first child, you've got one child, there's probably a lot of learning going on. And you both were learning from each other's missteps or, you know, you're kind of at the beginning. So that, that sense of adventure in yoga, they call it beginner's mind. And when you attack an activity with beginner's mind, you're open. You're open to input. You're open to feedback. Um, but if someone's an expert at something, if they don't have a lot of patience or they're not a natural born teacher, sometimes if you're, bo- if, if you're trying to convince someone to join you in something you've done your whole life, you may lose patience. So you've got to be careful and keep a watch on yourself that you're not judging a novice by your expert standards. Yeah, this is a great piece of advice and there's no excuses now because we got Netflix. You can turn the TV yes. on. And, and, I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I was thinking of that as a shared experience and it sounds kind of like, oh, that might not be, you know, it's like the easy way out or or it's not as good as, as uh, I don't know, some activity outside. Yeah. I think certainly those things uh, are good, but I don't necessarily think they're, you want to say discount the, the value for your relationship in having a show that you guys watch together. It, yeah. it seems simple, but it's it's that shared experience and it, it can be really valuable throughout the course of a relationship, especially I feel like the longer you've been together because it's easy to slip into the habit of not doing new things and, and, uh, and things become a little bit stagnant. Right. That that's very true. Sometimes yeah, I get tickled as I say about the television. Um I knew I worked with one couple who were um they, they they were just starting out. They didn't have a lot of money. For them their luxury date night was they'd record a soap opera and they would binge watch it at the end of the week. They'd have they'd fix their microwave popcorn and they would each be allowed either a coke or, or a beer because they, they were on a very limited budget. And that was like their treat and they went to this place, to this other world where they knew the characters, where they knew these people, um and they both started at the beginning and so they were learning as they went. One wasn't an expert on something and it was kind of like an adventure and for them it was like what they look forward to each week at the end of a long week of working long hours where most of us do want to kind of come home and and cocoon and instead of each one doing their own thing on the computer they decided they would find something that they could both stand to watch together and it turned into like a meaningful activity and that's another important thing that sense of ritual and relationships and families really thrive when there are rituals that are integrated into the the weekly, monthly activities they engage in. So it becomes something you count on. And when you begin to involve your partner in activities that you count on, you begin to recognize the role they're playing in your life to help kind of give structure to who you are and what you're building with them, the family, the couple, whatever it may be. Exactly. And then something when you plan it out with these activities, you have the added benefit of the anticipation and the it's kind of like delayed gratification too. that you you are anticipating this the weekly date night. And that it's funny. I forget it was some um, article I read, but that in planning like a vacation, half of the 
the satisfaction enjoyment is the anticipation even if it's six months from now it's something to look forward to uh on as an individual you're going to look forward to that but then bringing that into the into the relationship it's something you guys can look forward to so it's it's not only the benefit of on the actual night you guys are enjoying that but it's just the whole anticipation and lead up to it right it gives structure to your life and you know speaking of vacations research has shown that having you know several little three-day weekends three or four during the year is every bit as refreshing and even a little more refreshing than having that big one-week cruise or two-week you know major adventure because it really is the anticipation so as you space that out it gives you something positive to look forward to. That changes your mood every day. So if you know that at the end of a hard week, you're going to be sitting with the person you love more than anyone, doing something you both enjoy, it, it can really make you, it can, it can help you get through each week. And that comfort that comes from familiarity is also something you shouldn't sell short. That when you're with someone who understands what's going on, in your world that understands the value of what they're bringing to it by spending time with you, it can really add to the value this person has in that person's life. Exactly. And what would you tell someone, we've talked a little bit about how to build uh, that positive coupled identity, but what would you tell someone who is getting lost and their identity is taken up by their partner? So maybe their partner has a big job and everything in that relationship kind of centers around that job mm-hmm. and they can get a little bit lost and in, in that they suffer individually and then the relationship often is going to suffer. So what would you tell someone uh, on either side of that situation? Well, it's it's important that that sense of enmeshment, that's you know, kind of the counseling word that gets thrown around. But the idea of losing yourself, whether it's codependent, overdependent, it's really important if you're working with a couple for them to kind of sit back and share with you the things they enjoy doing on their own. Or if someone is losing their identity, you might invite their partner whose identity is kind of subsuming the other person to talk about the things they love most about their partner, what drew them to it. Because they, when they first met, when you first meet your partner, you're both separate people going your own separate ways. And it's who that person is at that moment that captures you, that captures your heart, that gets your interest. And so if you have an external person, you know, if it's the partner, talk about, oh, I love the fact you were into, you know, whatever it may have been, whatever you, you were into, you were following your heart, you were studying culinary, um, going to the Culinary Institute, you were doing this. And to hear someone talk about who you used to be can be very enlightening to someone, especially someone that's known you through that period. So, or else inviting a partner to talk about, you know, who, what they enjoyed most to doing when they were a young adult, before they got involved in the relationship, how would they spend their time? So it's really important that you gently kind of get people to think back to who they were before they were Mr. or Mrs., whoever they are now. And having the external voice, having someone else describe what they loved about you is empowering no matter how it happens or what, what the purpose of that is. That's a great exercise because I'm just thinking back, Sarah and I have been together for eight years and I think we've both maintained our own individual identities pretty well. But even just thinking back, it's like you have this pre, uh, pre-relationship pre identity, you know, and then you 
you're this person going along in life by yourself, not really having to worry about other another person's feelings or when you're planning stuff, it's just all you. And then mm-hmm. you bring in another person and, and, and it's, it's really a, I don't want to oversell, but like a cataclysmic event. Yes, <laughs> where it is. It's like just, two planets, yeah, co- you know, or, orbit shifting. Right. Yes, just like just like having a child. Yeah, yeah, relationships change over time, and people change. But who you are as a person is not going to change. Right. You know, who your basic core is 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 not going to shift or change. How you express yourself might. Or learning more about yourself, learn, you know, expanding your repertoire of activities or ways of communication. Those can grow and develop. But what you're bringing, you know, who you're, you know, what your heart is when you when you first meet up with someone is what your heart will be forever. Some some pieces of personality aren't going to change the core identity. Right, and I think that's why it can be such a uh, an issue when it's easy to to have that get lost and mm-hmm. you know you get lost and and you're in love and and it's not even something that someone is necessarily feeling bad about like they're happy mm-hmm. they're in this relationship but they might just have deep down there's something missing and and right. something missing within themselves because they've gotten lost they've lost their identity and I that's why I think it's such a powerful thing to think back before you were in the relationship and like you said have the partner say what it was that you liked in the beginning about the other person because mm-hmm. it's it's like helping them realize right. or remember how they were in in the things that were important to them like like hobbies activities um mm-hmm. maybe it's hanging out with friends a lot of times that gets right. put on the side because the relationship takes takes priority so I think I would really encourage our listeners to to run through that uh, exercise. Yeah, I think it's important that we do remember who we were. Um, it's one thing about friends is there's nothing wrong with having friends that aren't necessarily mutual friends. What what happens is when you when you prioritize your individual friends over the relationship, that's where trouble begins. But it's important that two people maintain their separate identities, or they'll get bored really easily. If you can predict, if you know, if you see someone twenty four seven and they can't surprise you anymore, a relationship will lose some of that excitement and that energy that helps it continue to stay engaging for the long term exactly it's it's really important and I've told this story before but I used to think before Sarah and I met that uh, I was really into water sports I still am and that I wanted a girlfriend or eventually a wife that also was doing it with me you Mm -hmm. know like was into surfing on the water kiting and and then I look back now and, and a little bit after we met, I, I had a friend whose then girlfriend uh, shared, they shared their water sports hobbies. And he was like, man, it's, it's actually, it's okay. It's nice sometimes, but a lot of times it's, it's a strain on the relationship mm-hmm. because just things you don't think about. But he's like, I'm always worried about her when, when we're out here and then oh, yeah. we're always together and, and, <laughs> and we don't have a break. And so it, right. I think it is important to, to have, uh, we talk about this on the show a lot, to have shared values. That's key. Mm-hmm. But you don't that have is to key. have shared uh, hobbies necessarily. No. And, and I know I personally thought 
that that that's what I wanted and and that's what you needed for a relationship and and it's just not true. It can work and and I think that is great when it does, but there's uh there's two sides to that equation too. Absolutely. And you have to listen to your heart. Your heart knows who the right person is for you. And sometimes you've got to still your head because your head wants to give you reasons. This person's not right. Even though you know deep inside that this is, at this point in time, this person is the right one for me. One thing I feel I struggle with a little bit is, and it's not really with our couple identity, although I think it can contribute it to it later down the road, but with my personal identity is as a parent and not having, since I'm more or less a full-time mom, not having my identity as a mom take over and kind of replace my previous identity. Right. So I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there um, that can relate to that. What would you tell somebody like myself or our, our listeners and how to kind of prevent the motherhood or parenting identity to take over your original identity? Yeah, you know, that's it's funny because that's a, that can be a real hazard. And if you think about when you have your little child, you hold your infant, and you're falling in love just the way you fell in love with Chase that first time. That you're you're you're, you're the emotions are building up. You're overwhelmed with how powerful you feel about this person. But then it's kind of like you've got to realize that you can't invest all of yourself into shaping this little creature because number one, you're going to overwhelm that little creature with too much energy, too much emotional overseeing. And then you've got to recognize that, you know, you were a wife before you were a parent. You were an individual before you became a wife. And just because you're changing these roles doesn't mean that you can't maintain threads from all of those separate identities. And it, and it's, it, it happens a lot with the first child and the second child because your energy, you only have so many hours in a day, so much energy to give. And it's human nature for those of us, you know, if we have a child, to care for the child. I mean, it's kind of um, a genetic thing that, you know, you've got a survival of the species. But then you've got to remember that if mom doesn't take care of herself, she's not going to be able to look after her child or her other relationships. And so it's really learning, giving yourself permission to step back and take some time for yourself each week. Especially if you're a stay-at-home mom, you know, your child becomes your existence. She shapes your day. She shapes all that you do and how your life is structured. And that that's important when she needs you that much, but then learning to realize other people may need you too and that you need yourself. Um, it's just it, it, sometimes you need a wake-up call. Sometimes you need just to be told, hey, you know, I miss you. For, for a spouse to say, I miss you, you're always spending time with our child. You're not giving me the attention I need. Um, being aware that, 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 that one partner might feel left out. If it's a daddy's girl, mom might feel left out. If it's a mama's boy, dad might feel left out. These things are going to happen. And listening to what other people are saying and, and recognizing the clues that you've got too much energy going into one direction. Yeah, well, thank you. I feel like I'm lucky because Chase is pretty good about taking our daughter Stella and doing things with her and allowing me to not detach, but have me time. Space. Yeah, exactly. And that's essential. That is essential to a healthy, balanced mom. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Well, this is all great information. Before we go to the lasting love round, could you give us one other tip that couples can use to create a unique identity together? 
Um, yeah, I think I think part of that is developing the ritual piece, where the rituals are something that you take into you know you're taken to your family that you take as you build your family, having those rituals in place, um, finding finding shared jokes. That's really important. There's probably things you and Sarah share that you can look at each other or say a single word, or you'll hear somebody say something, and you both start smiling because there's an inside joke. And when you create an inside joke or a shared piece of humor, it gives you a way to communicate from for your own in your own language without having to give long drawn out explanations or tell stories. So making sure that you make space for those one to one kind of communications or spaces where you build those rituals into your life, because the more you're able to shape what what your life is as a couple and how you communicate, the stronger that identity is going to be. I love that. We definitely have some inside jokes, and yeah, yeah. humor is <laughs> an important part. And and I like how you said it's 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 like a form of communication that is it's like your own language, unique to to your uh, to your individual relationship. Right, right. Well, now it's time for the lasting love round. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Talkspace. If you listen to this show, you've heard us talk about it probably for about the last month. And what it is, is it's an app that connects you with a licensed therapist handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week. And listening to this podcast is great. You're going to get a lot of great information from our guests. But a lot of times to really see change in yourself in your relationship it's helpful to talk to a licensed expert and that's what talkspace makes it easier than ever to do so what you need to do is go to talkspace.com forward slash i do that's one word and you will get 30 dollars off your first month that helps the podcast it helps us and it's going to help you so again that's talkspace.com forward slash i do that's i and you will get a $30 discount on your first month and you're going to improve yourself, improve your relationship from the comfort of your home off of your smartphone. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? Um, share a laugh with their partner, share a funny story, a joke that you're pretty sure your partner will find funny, an internet meme you might see. Laughter improves emotional and physical well-being and positively affects neurochemistry and the immune system. So when you're able to make your partner laugh, not only are you helping the relationship and building that shared sense of identity, you're also helping your partner physically and emotionally. I usually laugh at Sarah's <laughs> when she's sh- not <laughs> let me explain when she shares her animal videos so she's trying oh. to make me laugh and she thinks they're very funny and and I, I might get a little kick but I almost laugh more by how much enjoyment she gets from from, <laughs> from the from cat those video sales. yeah <laughs> yes yeah if you, some people love their puppy videos or kitty videos and you know being patient with that and you know, just accepting that everyone's sense of humor is different and finding ways to humor each other with a good sense of humor is important exactly is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship I 
think one of the basic ones is Gary Chapman's Languages of Love. And I think what that does is helps us recognize that just because we love someone and send them flowers every day, they may not take that as deep affection. They may take that as, but you're not, you're, but you're, but you're not taking me out to dinner. You're sending me flowers. It helps people realize that we all speak love or need to be spoken to in love in different ways. It highlights the individuality of how we all communicate. Great. Well, we'll be sure to add um, the five love languages to your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com. Great. We've been married for two years now. Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds? Boy, yeah. I think one important thing that newlyweds need to remember is that as the years go by, things are going to get worse and they're going to get better. That no relationship is going to be easy and that honeymoon phase is awesome. The the endorphins are are firing. Everything is possible. You see the world through rose-colored glasses. And I think we need that because once you get out on the on the relationship sea and you're in your in your drift from shore you need to remember there that, that things can be amazing because it's going to get worse and it's going to get better it's definitely <laughs> and up and down and and yeah just rolling with it and that's why we always say the more tools you have like the information that we get for ourselves from from people like you and then share with our listeners on this podcast, the more tools you can have, the more you're going to be able to deal with those up and downs because no matter how good your relationship is, you're going to have them. It's completely natural and okay. Right. Relationship, good relationships are always worth the work and there's going to be work involved in most of them. What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? Mm-hmm. First, kind of like newlyweds, they have to recognize that relation, lasting relationships aren't easy, that it takes a lot of work. And if you expect someone to bring to be that perfect partner and you're judging people before you get to know them, you're not giving the relationship a fair chance before it even might begin. And when you expect perfection in potential partners – then it's not fair for you to bring yourself because you're going to be imperfect. You can't ask others to bring more than you're willing to give to a relationship. And to be aware of that, that there's, it's not always love at first sight. Sometimes, you know, it can be kind of rocky. Sometimes it can be a friendship that deepens or sometimes it can be like a lightning bolt. And just recognize that relationships all begin differently. But if they're going to last, it's not necessarily going to be easy. And don't expect perfection because you're not bringing anyone else's idea of perfection to the relationship either, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> we, can't see, we can't expect more than we can give ourselves. That's such great advice because I think especially – I think in, in, in the past it's gone on, but now we just have so much more media and, and movies and TV shows that the yeah. the fairy tale – of someone falling in love at first sight and, and everything's perfect is is often portrayed uh, for relationships. So if you don't know any better, you think that that's how it's supposed to be. It's just, you're supposed yeah. to just lock eyes from across the room and and right. know that that's the one. And and it's not always the case, and that's fine. And and yeah. probably more often than not, that's not how it actually happens in real life. So understanding right. that is important. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's funny. Marriage is a, a vow. It's a pledge. It's it's a strong commitment to another person. 
And marriage is easy to get into, but divorce is not. And to remember the reason they make divorce so hard is because relationships are not easy. <laughs> and and, and it's, it'd, be, it'd be too easy to walk if they made it too easy. So, in fact, our institutions are set up that you got to be in for the long haul and just be prepared, you know, to have the energy to see things through and not lose patience with yourself or your partner if you feel like it's the relationship that's meant to be. Well, great. Well, thank you, Suzanne. This interview has been so enlightening, and I think Chase and I are going to go ahead and start binge-watching Netflix tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Well, thank you so much for giving me a chance to share with you all. I've had a wonderful time. Great. Well, can we uh, have you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, absolutely. I've got a blog on Psychology Today, Suzanne Dex-White, Lifetime Connections blog. I'm here at Northern Illinois University, and you can search me on Google to find my um, university's website, niu.edu, front slash kahi. And um, I've got several books out there on relationships, so go to Amazon.com and check out Dex-White, and you'll find the books I've done. Our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And thanks again for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Chase. Have a wonderful afternoon. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, head on over to our website, idopodcast.com, to check out this episode's show notes and to sign up for our newsletter. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.